and then uh, I put salt, pepper, Italian herb dressing, garlic, and Parmesan, and baked it. That was like, that was very good. I remember I made one YouTube video back in high school, which was about Barton's pendulum, which was a physics experiment. Oh. So it was basically something along the lines of like, you have a bunch of stuff on like a big, str- on a string held by two of those poles. I don't remember what those poles are called. Oh, they are like retort stands. Oh, is it like those six balls and this hit each other? No, 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 that's not, that's not it. That's not it. You do, you do one, you, you oscillate one of them. Yeah. And then the other ones continue, the other ones pick up speed and they all oscillate at the same time eventually. I think that's oh, what Barton's pendulum. Oh, is it like the, the the snake thing, and then it yeah, becomes, and then they all become one. Like that different, was different, different, different designs happen, and then after that, it's like one. That was that, oh, that's that's, cool. that's what Barton's pendulum yeah, was. I've seen that in like science museums. That's pretty dope. Yeah. yeah. So as you guys can see, hello, welcome. We are talking about education because we were talking about physics right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Saad, why don't you introduce to the people what we're talking about today? Well, welcome to f- the first official episode of Much Ado About Economics. My name is Saad, this is Siptain, and today we're going to have a discussion about online education versus traditional education. Mm-hmm. And especially in the context of the pandemic, I feel like it's a very important conversation to have because there's so many different things to think about when I we look agree. at it. And um, given, due to the pandemic, there's been a rise of online education. It's been kind yeah. of rushed, the transition to it. Honestly, like if you think about it, we were like as soon as the pandemic started, that's when we were ending university. I know. Right. I still remember it was math 315 and you didn't show up to that class that day. (laughs) Okay. Our teacher was standing in the front. I was sitting in the back and I was just like thinking, what is going on? Like, what's going to happen? Is school going to close? I started getting excited because I thought school was going to close. Yeah, that's the first thing you came to my too. I was like, yes, no school. I think you you had a test or something that day. You had something due that day, which is why you didn't show up. Yeah, yeah. I had an assignment. Yeah. Yeah. So then, and then I think that was the last day we were in class. After that, everything went online. So we were just like, we were in the blank for about a week. I think this was like March something. I think this was near March. Mm, yes, it was March. It was March. It was right after our reading week, like a couple of weeks after. It was when the master student had uh, reading week. So, so <laughs> they went for reading week and yeah. they're still on reading week. They never came back. Yeah. <laughs> what we were talking about the impacts of online education and we are going to take that to like understanding the effects that online education has to people. Hmm. Has to us as students, does it change our perspective on education? And then obviously we're going to look at the credibility behind online education. How does that affect the economy in, in, in what ways? Like, does it mean people are less skilled? Does it mean people are more skilled? Does it improve the ability for people to be skilled, mm-hmm. right? Which is actually beneficial. That improves supply. Um, I looked up uh, this website uh, from this Rasmussen University and they, write, they had an article that was published in 2017. Mm. So uh, this is like the initial conversations about is online education a viable option for education? Yeah. For the future, especially. And they talked about a few positives. And so we'll start off, start off with online education. And the obvious one of is that you have a lot of flexibility and yeah. uh, you can schedule your day around the classes or you can schedule your classes around your day. And it works really well, especially for people who already have jobs or mm-hmm. other commitments that they need to juggle around. And nowadays, like we also have asynchronous yeah, style that's, education. Yeah, that's 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 the point that I was gonna make. Like we have, there's asynchronous and synchronous classes. So synchronous obviously means that you are in class at the time with a professor with other students. 
And asynchronous means that the professor will upload their files and their and all the stuff that you need for that class online, and they will hold office hours if need be. And asynchronous does not necessarily mean that you won't have class. It just essentially means you don't have to attend class, yeah. in in quotation marks. But technically, you don't have to attend any class. <laughs> yeah, universities unless participation grades are counted. Yeah. Then in that case, you have to. But or if you have quizzes and tutorials. Yeah. But in what they do in, in asynchronous classes from our experience is instead of having classes, they have like weekly tasks that you have to yeah. complete. So like you maybe you have to do a quiz and you have to do like a few discussion posts on a forum with yep. your classmates. And that's how you grade it on participation. So you don't really have to attend class. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you have any questions or issues, you can always email your professor and you can set up a time and you can call them and talk to them. And of course, yeah. And of course, um, there's also a big issue about final exams. And in many cases, it became completely obsolete. But we yeah. had a special case where we ended up having a proctored exam. Yeah, we had a proctored exam. Yeah. So we had to have our cameras on and all of that stuff. Actually, I don't know if you heard this. Um, and essentially, this is common knowledge because it was on Reddit and anything on Reddit is fair game. <laughs> so um, one, of the, one of the math courses at U of T, Math 130, five one thirty six one thirty seven one of those i think it was one of those courses it was first headed year by math yeah one yeah. first year calculus math hmm. um one i think one teacher what they did is they put uh that they put that the exam a certain question of that exam on chegg a lot of people found that answer on chegg and copied that answer apparently the teacher put that answer wrong to catch who was cheating and who wasn't cheating oh. and that question wasn't solvable Right, but people somehow solved it, and they figured out that people were cheating, hmm. and uh, all of these people got caught for academic dishonesty. Oh my god! And once you are stuck in academic dishonesty, dishonesty, it is very, very, very difficult for you to get out of academic dishonesty. All right, uh, you students out there who are in university or going to be in university, you better watch out. <laughs> people are finding sneaky ways to get around things but they're finding sneakier ways to catch you doing these things trust me it is better <laughs> to fail than it is to get to academic dishonesty because yeah. failing you can somewhat understand you can take that you can you, you know you can pass it off as some sort of thing that happened you can always redo it but academic dishonesty there, there's no reason for someone to get caught according to the university there's no reason for someone to get caught in academic dishonesty because you can always get extensions and your professors are always reasonable enough to be to give you that opportunity. Um, another thing that online education has is that you can be anywhere in the world. Yeah. Essentially. Like if you think about it, let's say you didn't have to leave Pakistan. Say you never had to leave Pakistan. Your life in Pakistan was so settled, mm -hmm. right? That as soon as you completed your university, you could probably join your dad's company or you knew enough context to get a great job, mm -hmm. have a great life, build a family and live successfully in Pakistan. Would you really leave for university if you knew that you all you had to do was do university, right? So then the benefit of distance learning is I can be anywhere in the world and I can get world-class education without having to leave my home. And even if your university is close by, you don't have to like take the time to get up and commute there. Mm -hmm. You can just wake up 10 minutes before class, switch it on. If you have online synchronous class, switch it on and do it. If it's asynchronous, you can just wake up whenever you want. You can exactly. set your time and discipline yourself accordingly. And in a way that also gives you more free time to do other things. Like say say you all your classes were asynchronous. Mm. Couldn't we have studied for CFA better? Yeah. If you think about it? Yeah. You could have because you could have just allotted the time. All right, from when I wake up, this many hours I'll do this, this many hours I'll do this. Right. 
Um, another thing that I also want to say that advantage of online study was you get a wider selection of courses that you can do. You have mm. more op- you have more options online. Like you can just That's do true. a Google search. Like look at CFA for example. It is it's a portal online. Yes, you can take classes for it. You can pay for classes and do it. But I can I studied in Saudi when I was at home. Yep. I came here and I continued studying. I could do it anywhere I want. I could take it on the go. I could study on the flight. Yep. So there's also that, and like I can study for anything. Exactly. And like the internet is very, very vast, but you also, also have to be careful, like wherever you're studying, is it credible? Mm-hmm. Do your due diligence and all that. Right, like I remember, remember um, in Pakistan there was this university that used to ha- that used to hand out fake degrees. Like this was a this was a really big scandal that happened yeah. a few years ago, where um, a bunch of people bought their degrees in Pakistan and they went abroad to be doctors and engineers and lawyers and all these things, and everybody got their experience based on these quote unquote credible degrees, which turned out to be fake because people paid for them. So yes, I think there is that there's a very big factor of credibility in online education. And I feel like that's why there was a big pause on moving towards online education as well. Mm-hmm. So now we're segueing into the disadvantages. And I feel like one of the biggest disadvantages that I see, especially in terms of university, is what about those people who are pursuing like sciences, like physics, chemistry, biology? Who require that practical experience. A, l- a lot of their um, education is coming from labs, practicals, and lab work. Mm-hmm. So I haven't found much on how they are trying to curb it, but I feel like what they would probably be doing is if they need to be in, in, in a lab, of course, they're going to have some sort of precautions that they're going to take in terms of safety. Of course. Already when you're dealing with lab work, you are uh, required to be properly sterilized and sanitation is a very important thing because you, de- you could get a virus of some sort. Exactly. You're with very delicate things. Like I'm reading, I'm reading um, from this from this article here. Um, I, there's a statistic that says that back on campus, thousands of students have been punished for breaking COVID-19 social distancing rules. Mm. So imagine you're in a lab and you need to, d- and see, now university doesn't have sufficient equipment for everyone, right? So you have to be in partners. And, you have and to if share. you are in partners and you have to share certain equipments, right? Because you're not going to have a separate tube of hydrochloric acid or a separate tube of some sort of, some sort of substance that you need for an for experiment. experiment. You don't have separate of those. You need to share it with people. So to share it with people, how do you do that? And how do you curb this issue that is the COVID-19? Obviously, doing online learning and distance learning, it's a requirement that you have to have good internet. Yeah. Now, say you don't have a good laptop and say you don't have good internet. Or what say do you, you do? don't even have like space in your house for to be productive. Yeah. Like you're literally on your bed and you're in school. Like... Like I feel like that that's one of the major issues that we had, especially with the pandemic, because mm-hmm. online education is possible if you have the ability to go wherever you want. Like yeah. I could go to a library and still do school from there. Mm-hmm. But because of the pandemic now, I'm stuck at home. And if I don't have space like I do here, like I'm lucky to have here, I won't be able to be productive. That's true. And like I struggled with that a lot early on as well. And one of my advice I could give you is what I did that actually worked. It's kind of weird, but just hear me out. What I used to do is when I used to wake up in the morning, or afternoon, whenever, <laughs> I, w- I would get ready as if I'm going to leave the house and I'm going to go to class. Like, I would get ready, I would shower, I would, like, make my hair, everything. So, like, it just switches that switch in my head that, okay, I'm going to be I'm gonna be productive today. I got all dressed up for this. I got to do something, right? That's true. Like, you don't want to be in your pajamas all day. Trust, I know it's very comfortable, but it's not productive. It is not productive. I agree. I think that's a very interesting point that you bring up because... I think that the COVID-19 has really accelerated social problems within our society which I know I know that this may not be this may not be 
specifically economics because we're not talking about numbers or money or those types of things but i think we're talking about the social like social econ in a way yeah this is very this has to do with your social productivity i mean generally productivity like anything in the world can affect economics because how you work and your ability to work it all comes down to the human this is a social science yeah economics is a social science so down to just your mental health it impacts the economy as well because right. if everyone is sad and not as productive as they can be which is the case right now which is definitely there's the a case huge right drop now. of productivity since work, working from home has become begun mm-hmm. productivity has gone down the economy has gone down so that's true at the end of the day like wherever we're talking right now it actually has to do with economics and 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 branching off there i think another thing that is very scary are the depression and anxiety statistics yes that um have that that have been a part of not only distance learning but because of covid-19 because we're talking about people who have been inside indoors for a very long time so you've got people who are pressured because of university now they're pressured because they can't go outside and they're pressured and if they're international students they're probably pressured because they don't have their families here yeah. and they don't have any hope of going back and on top of that they're worried about their family and whether they're okay and that's exactly. really a stress and another thing that we can throw in here is the number of people who travel to travel abroad for the ability to get immigration mm-hmm. right a lot of people want to get immigration because like they want a better life not just for themselves but for their family as well now if you're going to be doing distance learning right you don't know how your immigration status is going to change say that you were say that you got stuck back home mm-hmm. right and you were trying to get your PR or you were trying to get some sort of immigration status anywhere in the world mm-hmm. right and now you can't remember in the US there was this thing where Trump said that okay fine uh students were canceling your student visas you have to go back home within when it was the pandemic yeah right and That's that is crazy. scary if if i was a student then i would be scared i would be very worried i don't know what i would do then yeah cuz what if the country i want to go back to is not going to let me in that's true right? yeah and like even in canada you look at like you you can see the progress that's happened like the progression of the situation mm-hmm. like at first if you travel from a abro- first of all the first thing they did was lockdown. lockdown no one in no one out yeah cool i mean that should be done i guess it was a good decision mm-hmm. i agree with it then what they did was they they had the two week quarantine Yeah. and they said that it would be at the government's expense mm-hmm. right so at that time you're like okay i can go home come back they'll pay for my two week quarantine if i don't have, have any other way to quarantine i'm okay now what they're doing is that you have to pay i think was it $2000 for quarantine if you want to come $2, back $2000 right and okay branching off doing some hotel statistics um the average occupancy rate for hotels in canada was 65%. Hmm. That's the average occupancy for a decent hotel in Canada. Hmm. Right now p- people are operating under 10-20% yeah. occupancy. So for 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 hotels that are not um they're like unconventionally they're known as bed and breakfast but we're talking about hotels that are that just provide you with a continental breakfast, right? I'm not talking about full service hotels. So those the non full service hotels are doing fine because you don't actually require that much staff you require cleaning staff front desk staff and maybe someone to help out with the food yeah. because you just need to leave the food out someone will come and get it at 10:00 you close it and then that's it you don't need to pre- prepare any more yeah. food just keep coffee ca- coffee canisters everywhere yeah um but on a full service hotel mm-hmm. you need the staff you need the chefs you need the cooks you need the concierge you need the the valet you need the belga you need everything yeah right mm-hmm. so that's expensive for hotels too yeah and that's a struggle so i think but did did uh, did, did the government make a deal with full service hotels or bed and breakfast kind of hotels i think the government has made deals with all types of hotels all types right Because because i think 
I think if I like personally, if I'm a full service hotel, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't need someone working the spa. I don't need someone working the amenities. That's true. I basically would go down to the bare necessities of what I need, which is maybe one bell hub, a concierge cleaning. But you will need kitchen staff 24 seven because, yeah. because th- like the problem is you need that stuff, right? You Even if it. you drop down, you still need stuff. Yeah. And if you're working at 10% occupancy, then yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, we're in we, like the hotel situation is very scary right now. Yeah. But, but I feel like there's a lot to look forward to because as soon as everything goes back to quote unquote normal, that's the first thing that's going to hit. Yeah, I you, think you so. have the travel agencies, you have the airlines and you have the hotels. And I feel like that's I think so too. where the biggest boom is going to happen because people are dying to leave. Mm-hmm. Like you, you look at people who are used to traveling during the winter to go to warmer places. Man, they're waiting. Yeah, I think I think everyone is really, really, really trying to get out of their house. Like we're talking, if we look at Canadian statistics, we've got one of the highest divorce divorce rates right now mm-hmm. because people can't just can't handle being at home for so long. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and we've got and and so like we're talking about like students, right? Because we're we're here to talk, really just trying to talk about this whole education thing. Students are being are falling more and more into the cycle of depression, anxiety, suicide, a lot of mental issues because people are closed in and housed in and don't have access to their families. Yeah. Right. And don't have the ability to go outside and meet their friends and actually release themselves from their mental cage, I guess. Yeah. Right. And that really that actually impacts our social like that actually impacts the economy. Like think about it in that sense. Let's actually let's actually do a bit of econ here. Hmm. Right. So say that we've got we've got people who are now worried who are now into this whole situation of me- like who are into this mental like a bad mental state. Mm-hmm. They're in anxiety. Mm-hmm. They're in depression. Mm-hmm. All these things. Are they going to be spending? No, they'll be too scared. They'll be too scared to spend. Yeah. Right. What are our factors of aggregate demand? What is aggregate demand? Aggregate demand is consumption, investment, government spending, imports and exports. Yeah. So. We don't have imports or exports right now because the borders are closed. Well, the borders are open for some uh, sort of transportation. I think imports and exports is still a factor. I feel okay. like they're still you think they're still strong? Yeah, because okay. like you need, for example, if you're a country that has no food or anything mm-hmm. and just oil, i.e. like, for example, Saudi, you need the imports. You need the imports. So That's I feel true. like that business on that front is still slow. It might be slow. It might not be as good, but it's still going on. Okay. Okay. Um, I think investment okay. might be... A little higher now. I think I investment and I think I think it's savings that's higher, not investment. I we remember I know that there is there is that theory that investment does equal saving. Yeah. But technically, it's not really investment, right? Because we're because people are just taking the money, putting it in the bank, and keeping it there because they're yeah. too scared to hold, to Cash. put it into investments because they don't know yeah. what the, because the market is very volatile. Yeah, that's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, government spending we know is at an all time high, which is also very scary. And I why mean, is it all time high? Is because they're compensating for the lack of consumption. They're trying to compensate for a lack of consumption. So like, for example, someone like, let's say I'm a recent graduate. I used to work part time Mm -hmm. and I got laid off for the pandemic. So I have no money right now. And let's say I'm living in my own place. I have to pay rent and I have to do all sorts of things. And the way I was supporting myself was working uh, part time, maybe a full time, like underemployed full time job where I make enough money to like make ends meet. Now I have no job. Underemployed just means that someone who is working at a skill level that is not really theirs. Like they're overqualified for the job they have. Now I'm out of a job. I have nothing I can do. I have no, I need to pay rent. I need to do this. I have bills to pay and everything. So what does the government do is they give me CERB. They give me some sort of income that's going to help me out. And when we and when we go in that situation, right? Remember we when remember we used to also do this thing where we used to talk about the multiplier. 
Yeah. So do you ever remember that in the questions we used to do, C would always equal to something like 0.7 G or 0.8 G? Yeah. In the sense that government spending does not really does not necessarily equal consumption. Yeah. Right. So consu- the factor of consumption is usually what drives our economy. Right, because it's not because the government can only support us so much. Yeah. But we, the government, also makes a lot of money off our taxes. Okay. Yeah. So now we've got lower consumption, and they also need to use their money for other goods, like for example, roads, infrastructure, and all that, exactly. which doesn't directly and immediately affect the consumer, uh, affects the population or the aggregate demand. Yeah. In that sense, right? Yeah. So now you've got less consumption. You've got not enough investment. Mm-hmm. You've got maybe an increase in government spending. Yeah. And your imports and exports have probably gone down. So your net in your net exports, which is exports minus imports, yeah. that's also gone down to an extent. Yeah. So now what do you have? You have aggregate demand that is still lower because right. of the lack because of the lack of consumption mm. that there is in our economy. Mm. Um, there is going to be a drop in aggregate demand. A drop in aggregate demand just means that there is less and less, like there is less want for goods and services in our economy. So to put it into layman terms, basically, people are not spending money. And if people don't spend money, businesses are not going to make money. Mm-hmm. If businesses don't make money, then suppliers won't make money. Suppliers won't make and money. And if these businesses and suppliers don't make money, then us who are not spending money will also not earn money. Exactly. So basically, what we're trying to say is money makes the world go round. It's a very, I don't agree with it in, like in, in a whole, you know, if you go into philosophical and all that stuff. but. In what we're looking at right now, the situation it is right now, yeah, money makes the world go around. And money right now does make stopped. the world go around. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, we want to pick it up from here and just say that you know we miss we miss the whole university experience, Tra- traditional traditional learning. Experience. Yeah, I miss. I think I think people do miss on that in class, the ability of going to class. You know, because it, I don't think university mm-hmm. was like it may have seemed that university was something that um, is tedious. But actually, I think university wasn't tedious. I think it was just that whole event of being able to go to university, being able to do things. It was the whole experience. It was and that whole experience. That, like, uh, there was, I was just scro- uh, scrolling on Instagram and I saw this interview with Elon Musk and he said that, we, he said that the, he's, the people he's looking for to hire and take note, he's looking for people who, are, who have demonstrated exceptional ability. Except, yeah. So he's not like having a college degree does not mean that you have exceptional mm-hmm. ability. In fact, dropping out and doing something is an example of exceptional yeah. uh, ability. That does not mean that you should drop out of school. School is important. But school is definitely important. But the point is that when you when you are able to go to campus, when you're able to go to university, you're able to meet like-minded people, people who think like you and people yeah. who think the opposite of you but complement you. You are able to you are able to um, improve your network, and right? On Special, top of that, you can yeah. work on your ideas and you can work together and do some build something together. Exactly. And if it's successful, you can drop out. If it's not successful, you are getting the full experience. Yeah. And personally, for me, my experience at university, I feel like it taught me two things. Number one, it was discipline. Yeah. And discipline. I feel like um, I'm. I mean, through high school, it was high school. I feel like, in contrast to university, it was very easy, in terms of like the requirements and how much it pushed you. It was challenging, yes, but I came to university and I realized that it doesn't matter how smart you are at yeah. all. It doesn't matter what you're capable of cramming and how many pages. Even if you have photographic memory, it's if you're willing to put in the, the effort, effort and the yeah. time. That's what it is. I think that's that's what that whole idea of work ethic. And I know? feel like the issue with online education compared to that is that you're not put in that similar pressure situation where you have to give the time and effort because you yeah. wake up in the morning you're like eh, i'll do it later 
as opposed to like yo Sukhteen I'm in the library where are you come through come through like you have friends pushing you yeah. and I feel like, like that's the main issue with people isolating themselves is that they're not reaching out to their friends again they're not like saying that yo have you done this because they're both feeling like the most important thing to remember guys is that everyone is going through the same thing yeah. social isolation is happening because everyone is feeling the same way and they're too scared to speak up about it that's and true that's the most important thing is to speak up reach out to your friends your family and you know you check up on others and they'll start checking up on you that's that's true like remember our grind our grind was quite similar to this right like yeah. we used to go to class in the morning go to class go to class we used mm. to go to class in the morning um then it was library in the afternoon mm. we chill in the we'll chill in the evening go play pool with friends and then back to the library for like a yeah. night grind to like two in the morning order, order canton food. chili oh yeah like that this is, is not sponsored by canton chili but no canton chili, if sponsor- you are listening sponsor us <laughs> and it's not sponsored hint, hint. by true either but if you're li- watching please sponsor us too yes. thanks <laughs> oh, nor, nor adidas but this may not really work for Adidas or fossil. I would love some, f- you know, f- some free fossil watches. I have another one on the way. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so point is that it's like yeah. I mean yeah. I, I wouldn't say we had a healthy routine like <laughs> we used to. We used to go to class. They would be up all night studying. But yeah. I feel like it was just the experience that I will have forever cherished. Cause like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like I was just happy about it. You know, like I'm working towards something, and you could see it, like you're getting up in the morning. You are getting ready, and you're running out of the house, go running to the library, running to class. You feel like you're being productive. I agree. When you're at home, you just wake up and walk to your desk and sit down. You don't feel it. Or even, or even you're probably sitting on your bed, or you go to the kitchen table, or, or whatever, right? It's yeah. the it's the experience of going out and, and having that, and having that learning experience. It doesn't yeah. matter if you actually pay attention in class or you don't pay attention in class because everybody obviously has their own better use of time and all those things. Let's be but honest. We didn't pay much attention in class unless <laughs> we needed to. <laughs> That's true. But the point the point is that like education having this online learning is great because it gives it gives it gives chance to other people who aren't really in the country and who don't have the ability to come to the country to mm. access world class education right yeah. like here we're looking at things like university canadian universities are relying more for tuition on funding mm-hmm. right yeah. so they want more funding and they want more tuition and the easiest tuition. way for them to get tuition especially specifically international tuition is getting is being able to put everything on online learning so that every more people have access to it right and because now somebody sitting in in i don't know where in the world in some random corner of the world with a laptop and a decent internet connection can get a world-class education from a top 20 university yes right yeah and on top of that too there are also top class online education like uh, online universities that are popping up as well right and that's actually a big debate as like do you think that they're going to surpass traditional universities like harvard yale do you think that but at the same time do you also think that having these high level high high tier education systems attracting high tier individuals create more competition that's also true so it it might even become harder to get into your harvards and your yales and your even uft's but even if you think like then i guess it also depends on the proportion of how many people are coming in versus how steep the competition is getting right yeah because obviously with online education you are able to have more and more people in that university yeah i think that's our that's our discussion for today um as we said like let's 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 circle back to the main point that we were trying to make and i think the main point that we were trying to make is the is really is really the difference between having online education and how that affects our economy right mm-hmm. so we said that there is a social pressure for online education mm-hmm. right that a social pressure causes a negative effect on the economy because of the lack of consumption the lack of spending and the lack of people actually 
like the people wanting to do things right because when you go out to buy a new phone to buy shoes it's your want now you now you don't have you as a person don't have that confidence so you don't have the consumer confidence so you don't want to spend and also all the stores are closed some people don't know their sizes until they check it out like shopping is an experience yeah you go to the mall you go to the store you walk around the aisles you pick up what you want you go try it out exactly on the positive side right we've got online education which gives access to a which gives access to a lot of people for online education and makes it easier for some people to actually uh work online mm-hmm. um student debts and student loans have all been paused because of yeah. this whole online education in certain situations um your immigration status also main is still maintained because of this online education yeah a lot of people got um extensions to work permits mm-hmm. and uh we talked about pr today as well yeah. if you guys want to check it out i can post put a link in the description about what happened It's pretty interesting. And if you guys want us to talk about it, let us know. We can have a discussion about Canadian immigration, different mm-hmm. different different policies, different routes let and us know how in the that comments. how that affects our our economy. Yes, let us know in the comments. Let us know on our Instagram page, mm-hmm. which we have. It is at @MAA economics. What he said, it's up there. <laughs> uh, right or it will be up there. Um and yeah, let's 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 close off our discussion for today. Yeah, one final word I'd like to say. Wake up early, get dressed, get some work done. Make sure you go outside, get some nice vitamin D you need. Yes. That's it. That's all to it. All right. Yeah. Thank you everyone for tuning in and Hope see you, you with our next podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Take care. Bye-bye. So, um we were talking about aggregate consumption. Aggregate, aggregate demand. demand, sorry. Aggregate consumption. Nice. <laughs> well, technically that might actually be a word. Like if you think about it, because aggregate is just a sum up of all the a bunch of different, a bunch of consumption curves. Yeah, see, we're creating our own definitions here, man. That's what economics econ, econ. is about. <laughs> <laughs>